Is he human? After all, Milwaukee Brewers, as the YouTube broadcast described him, the all-world closer, Josh Hader. He takes the loss yesterday for the Milwaukee Brewers as they fall, split their series, but fall to the Twins in a two-game set, 4-1. to one. Hader would walk the first batter, give a single to the next, and then a home run for a walk-off at Target Field. The R- Rowdy, first of all, A, good morning. B, YouTube game yesterday, so we all got to watch it. C, I hope you also listen to it on the radio. And D, is Josh Hader human after all? Well, a lot of things to unpack there. <laughs> but right. A was good morning. Good morning. Morning. And I already forgot what the next one was. The YouTube game, did you watch it? I did watch most of it. Then, now, I did have that because we all had work meetings yesterday, so yeah. I did have a meeting, so I missed part of it. But, yeah, I got to cu- uh, catch most of that game. Woofta. They kept calling him an all-world closer, Josh Hader. My God, he did not look like it yesterday. Did not record an out. Mm. I don't know what it's supposed to be with the nastiest closers in baseball, but uh, <laughs> two nights in a row, <laughs> they bet, could not even bet. record an F and out. Devin Williams, absolutely electric. The airbender, the inning before. Now, he did give up a hit right away, but after that, he just went to work. And then Josh Hader comes in. Man. What's his, uh, Rowdy, you said, look at his ERA. His ERA, what? what is this in around 2.73 for one Joshua Hader as the all-star break approaches. He is not going to be playing in the Major League Baseball all-star game. Thank God. Yeah, he needs a little rest and relaxation. He needs himself a little bit of a reset. Now, I know he just had a kid. I'm sure that's probably weighing on the mind a little bit. You know, uh, they were, had some some pregnancy problems uh, before the child was born. Now it's in the world, and good for Josh Hader and his wife. Uh, but now, Rowdy, I'm glad that he's kind of taken a break and needs this all-star uh, you know, break, obviously, to happen here. Because Josh Hader has been looking pretty shaky. What did you say, the last ooh, two weeks? Two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, Josh shaky. Hader is nowhere near what he was at the beginning of the season when we were all touting him as a guy with an ERA below one. Yeah. Uh, we just got a message from one Fuller. What's up, full dog? And he says, thank you to the L.A. Dodgers. Yes, the Dodgers beat the Cardinals last night 7-6. to six. So we have the Brewers still up two games on yeah, the cards in the NL Central. If you're a Cardinals fan, I bet you're pretty pissed about last night. 6 nothing lead going into the seventh inning. You lose 7-6. <laughs> to six. Thank you, L.A. Dodgers. I don't care for you, but thank you as uh the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They do beat the Cardinals. So, Ebo, on July 3rd, Josh Hader's ERA was 1.05. That's been uh, climbing up a little bit. 1.05. And as of June 23rd, he was still below 1. It is uh, July 14th now, Rowdy, and Josh Hader's ERA sits at? 2.73. These are his game logs since July 3rd, where he had an ERA of 1.05. One inning, one run given up. The next appearance, one run or one inning, one run given up. His third appearance after this, one run, one earned run given up. The fourth appearance, one inning, no runs. That was that was the the yesterday or two days ago yeah. against Minnesota. Well, and then like, hey, yesterday did not record an out three earned runs. He now has given up in five innings. Oof. So, or yeah, in five innings so far in the month of July, 
He has given up six earned runs. Oofta. He has an ERA over 10 Oofta. in July. June, his ERA was 3.38. Oof. May, it was zero. April, it was zero. Oof. Yeah, that's not good for one Joshua. All right, are we getting concerned then? Or is this, hey, he's a he's damn good at what he does, but he is going to have a little struggles here and there. It's a 162-game season. Are we getting concerned, Rowdy, or is this like, just ebbs and flows of a baseball season. Well, it's pretty crazy just in, in general when you can look at his months and say April, he gave up no earned runs. May, he gave up no earned runs. And he's pitched June, a lot. Yeah, June, he had a huge uptick, three runs. <laughs> but then in July, which is not even half over yet, he's already given up six runs. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, when we were talking about the beginning of the season, remember when Josh Hader was on pace for like 80 saves? He was pitching... Like every game, getting save after save after save. Well, and the other up thing was runs. he was extremely filthy. Like they weren't even hardly getting good at bats off of him. Like you can go right through his months. The month of April, he only gave up two hits. Yeah. The month of May, he only gave up two hits. Now in June, he gave up six hits. But by the way, he had a whip still below one in June. Yeah. He he really started getting hit hard. As of July, and it, it was right right around July fourth was when uh, Josh Hader started falling apart a little bit about two weeks ago. Yeah, so Hader, and now Rowdy, I've seen a lot of well, not a lot of people. Some people now the scuttlebutt's starting to come up a little bit. Josh Hader, human after all, maybe now is the time to strike while the iron is still hot and trade him. We'll get to that coming up. I don't want to get too much nonsense yet. Uh, but recapping this game here, uh, let's uh, look around you. First of all, it was a YouTube game yesterday. I don't, I don't mind the YouTube games. Like if I'm not if if I'm not listening to the radio, I'm trying to find like a stream. And you know why there's a reason why you don't mind YouTube? Because it's free and it's easy. Because you actually get it. Yeah, exactly. If, if you had Bally Sports, you'd be like, oh, YouTube. Because yeah, I don't. It wasn't. You couldn't watch it on Bally Sports yesterday because it was a YouTube game. Uh, it was free, so you could watch it on YouTube. If I'm not listening on the radio, then I'm trying to find a stream. And, Rowdy, this was uh, the first game against the Minnesota Twins that the Brewers won in those, like, a million rain delays. I found a stream. I tried to send it to you because your streaming, not service, well, technically service, wasn't working. So it's like a battle to try and watch Milwaukee Brewers games if you don't want to pony up. What is it for Bally Sports a month? Like 8, 20, 20 bucks? 20 bucks a month. So, just just specifically just, for the Brewers just, and Bucks. Just the Brewers. And uh, so yesterday, it was nice to you know have it very accessible. Uh, the broadcast crew, uh, hilarious. Literally, they, can, they didn't have any other words for Josh Hader besides all-world closer, all-world closer. And I get it. He is really good. Struggling a little bit right here. Uh, but, man, it was a... Let's Aaron Ashby, uh, let's see here, Rowdy. Struggled to put away some hitters until it mattered, but Aaron Ashby, four and one-third innings, he didn't look too bad. I mean, what did you think of the performance of Aaron Ashby? Aaron Ashby, again, he did a he did a pretty good job wiggling out of trouble yeah. where he was putting a decent amount of runners on, but he was pitching around them and, and getting out of the innings. I mean, when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers and their pitching staff yesterday afternoon, you can't really be upset with anybody no. but Josh Hader. Exactly. I mean, Ashby went what? Four plus innings and he gave up a run. The rest of the bullpen shut down. Trevor Gott looked nasty yeah. on the mound. Shut down the Minnesota Twins. The Milwaukee Brewers were just unable to score runs. They score one run. 
and it's not like they didn't have their shots. Both teams put guys on. Now the Twins put a few more guys on than the Brewers did. But like I said, Ashby did a good good job yeah. stranding them. Yeah, but I mean, the nice. Milwaukee Brewers just look at the top of the ninth inning. They had guys on first and second with one out. Yeah, what do out. they do? Ground into a double play. That's that's cla- that's classic. Twins were good yesterday when they got runners on, but they had a couple hits with runners in scoring position. The Brewers once again, folks, did not get a hit with runners in scoring position. Yeah, runners in scoring position. Brewers were let's see here, oh for, for six. six, left on base six. Uh, just going down, Ashby looked nice, could wiggle a lot of stuff. Gott looked really nice. He was filthy. Boxberger looked good, as per usual. And then Devin Williams was absolutely electric on the mound. And then Josh Hader, who takes the loss, uh, that's who you look at and be like, okay, you stunk on the mound and the Brewers' offense. The Brewers' offense only collected four hits on the day, and the one run came courtesy of a Jace Peterson home run in the third inning. It, it, was, it, was, it was abysmal uh, offensively. It just, it just was not like it was. Uh, you know, the game before. I don't know, man. I mean, looking at this, you look at runners scoring position. Uh, you had, now, I don't know how much you expect from uh, Jonathan Davis, but he goes 0 for 1. Luis Urias goes 0 for 1. Colton Wong, 0 for 2. Uh, Jace Peterson, who did add the home run, 0 for 1. And Willie Adamas, uh, 0 for 1 against the Minnesota Twins. It's it's a split. I mean, that's what you do in baseball, right, Rowdy? Split. Like, you would have preferred to win. Obviously, you had the bet on the Razor's edge, and the what, the Twins had struggled against left-handed pitchers. But then look what happened with the lefty at the end of the game there. Josh Hader, he got owned. I don't know. You- well, I mean, now looking at after Josh Hader's kind of been blown up here since about the July 4th, you could argue that Devin Williams and, and Brad Boxberger have had better first halves. It's wild to say, it is. but if you purely look at the numbers, Devin Williams has now been better than Josh Hader. And Boxberger versus Hager, uh, Hader is arguable. It's wild to say because it feels like Josh Hader was literally one of the filthiest pitchers in baseball the entire season until all of a sudden the month of July. Yeah, uh, we got some comments coming here. Uh, the King up early. He says, uh, "Let's see here. Not a save opportunity for Hader. Why not keep Devin Williams in from the eighth to the ninth? I, obviously, he hasn't watched much Brewers baseball. Like he pitches the, the eighth. When's the last time you saw Devin Williams throw two innings? I couldn't tell you." Do you th- can you think of any time when Devin Williams throw two innings? I I honestly can't. No. And then uh, the other question is, I know I know he's done it in the past, but the 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 current present that we live in, I'll have to go back and look. But I don't think Devin Williams has thrown two innings once this year. And then the next question is, what's the deal with sending Keston Hira to the minors? That is a fantastic question, Rowdy. Couldn't you say that every time Keston Hira? has been um, appearing in these last couple of weeks, maybe a month here. He's been very productive for the Milwaukee Brewers, especially against right-handed pitchers. Yeah, when he, when he finally gets at-bats in a row, like consistent at-bats, when he gets in the get starting it. lineup two, three days in a row. And by the way, I just looked it up. Devin Williams has not thrown two innings or even more than one inning this season. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember a, a time at all where Devin Williams this year has thrown two innings. All right, so uh, we'll get more into the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they're now, <laughs> and part of the reason why Rowdy's taking a, a couple of uh, off days here, well, he's got all next week off. But Rowdy, what's one of the reasons why you're taking tomorrow off this, to begin your vacation, besides an extra, you know, extra day off? Extremely late, extremely <laughs> late game for the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. First pitch, eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. First pitch. 
for your Milwaukee Brewers. No, 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 no. Not a.m. Not 8.45 a.m. This is 8.45 p.m. This is the nighttime. All right. I got got a date for you, Ebo. The last time Devin Williams threw more than one inning was September 25th, 2020. Really? Yep. Wow. What was it again? September twenty fifth, twenty twenty, and in that season, he threw multiple times where he went over one inning. But yes, he has not thrown more than one inning since September twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Wow! So it's been so. There's your uh, there's the answer for you, King. As what do you say, Rowdy? I don't know how much Brewers you've watched then. Yes, I mean he literally hasn't pitched more than one inning in two years. It's, it's been a while. Uh, all right, let's see. Corey and Marshall. What's up, Corey? He says, is the trade deadline end of July or early August? It's early August. Was it August? Yeah, they moved it back a few days because the season started a little later. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, early August. And, yes, King uh, Devin Williams has not given up a run in, what, tw- yeah, 24 innings pitched? I know it's over 20. Uh, they were talking about the broadcast yesterday. Uh, Devin Williams really making the case as well to be in the All-Star game uh, in replace of one Josh Hader. No, I'm glad Hater's taken off, man. Obviously, spend time with your uh, family. Just have a newborn child. So spend time with your son, your wife. Uh, I know living on the road is a grind for baseball players, especially when you uh, have a, a family you've just started. So, yeah, take your time, little reset, and let's uh, get ready for the second half of the season after the Midsummer Classic because Josh Hader is an integral part of the Milwaukee Brewers uh, continuing on with their run of hopefully winning the NL Central. And getting the playoffs. Do you remember uh, one of the Dave from Monona takes years ago about the Cubs, and then it, it kind of continued over into Giannis, how they basically got uh, fat and lazy because they got married and started, started having, having kids. kids. Is this right about Josh Hader? <laughs> is is Dave from Monona going to come out with that take with Josh Hader? I've been waiting. I've been waiting for somebody to make that take. That the reason why Hader is struggling is because now he had a kid. I've been waiting for it. You're not going to make that take, are you, Rowdy? I think we got to question it. <laughs> I've been just waiting for it. I've been waiting for it to pop up on uh, on social media, on Twitter. I haven't seen it yet, but if anyone were to make it, I would say the first person to culprit would be Dave from Anona. <laughs> and the second, I, I would wonder if Rowdy would make the statement. Uh, but I don't know. Who knows what he'll do? He's, he's off tomorrow in the hall next week. Maybe he'll drop some bombs on us and then leave for a, you know, we gotta, a week We got to find the date. We got to <laughs> find the date that this child was born to see if it coincides with July 3rd. Well, Rowdy, I already kind of know the date. Hater has only had one good appearance ever since he had a kid. And that was Minnesota two days ago? Yes. He's been shaky. I mean, he's gotten some saves, but he's been like walking guys, uh, getting some hits. Well, a lot of guys have been having really good at bats yeah. against him. Uh, so the, the timeline is there. I'm not kidding. The timeline is there because he's had one good, really good appearance and I'm not saying it's because he had a son, but it's been one good appearance since the birth of his kid. I said maybe he's just lack of sleep. You know, colicky. Uh, ben Ben Kenny's been described as colicky. You know, uh, who said that? Wisco Chad described Ben as colicky. I I don't lose any sleep over Ben. I don't know if Rowdy does. Okay, does so he his son Lucas was officially born on June fifteenth. Uh-huh. So it was like a two week delay. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I the mean, two weeks of sleep of not sleeping caught up. Yeah, to him. It, 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 
You know when you get really excited about something, like you get that it's like that puppy love kind of stage, or it's well, not to say that this is about a newborn kid. You know when you're really excited about something, it's like the new you got the new shine on it, and maybe he's got all this like extra pump and adrenaline because you know I just had a kid, yeah, man, I don't need sleep. Who needs sleep? But then eventually, and Rowdy, you know this more better than anyone. I've 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 done it a little longer than you, so I've kind of gotten over the hump. But what happens after a while when you don't get sleep? It messes with you, right? Yeah, you, normally you get a little uh, more irritable. Oh, yeah, but, a little testy. <laughs> haven't seen that from Hater yet. <laughs> Maybe we're just seeing it on the mound unfolding right now. All right, we'll get more to it. Gone in 60 coming up. Get you caught up in national headlines. Uh, first, let's go to the uh, phone lines. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Hey, D.W. Hey. From D.W., what's up, brother? Hey, I got a take on Hater. Yeah. You know, you remember watching Major League One and Major League Two and Charlie Sheen? You know, he comes out of j- he comes out of jail and he's like a tough old bird, and yeah. he's got you know he's got all the leather jackets, and the he's haircut, got the funky yeah. haircut. Okay, then all of a sudden, the second second show or Major League Two, he's all clean shaven, got a really hot looking girlfriend, you know, and he's corporate. yada 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 yeah. corporate, you know, is uh, with Hater. Is he? Uh, it's kind of like Major League, I think. I don't know. Did he get his hair cut yet? No, he still got the long locks. He still got the flow. Okay. He, maybe, well, maybe, maybe he got it. Tr- maybe he got it trimmed. Okay. Well, you know, having a kid, you know, you got to look. You got to present yourself being respectful. You know, you can't have that long flowing hair anymore. So uh, maybe he did trim it up, and maybe that's messing with his mojo. Who knows? It sounds like DW over the All Star break. You're hoping Josh Hader has a tattoo appointment. He needs to be go back to being more of a yeah, badass. Yeah. No clean cut anymore. Yeah, we, we need another tattoo on that arm. I get a DW. Hey, you know, you can always hide the tattoos. I got a couple myself. So. <laughs> hey, DW, uh, uh, do you, DW, you have a kid or two? I think we well, got. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple. I got I got some ink on me. Do you get? Do you have two yeah. kids? Do you have two kids? Yeah, I've got two, yeah, two grown sons, yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask DW, before you had your two sons, were you rocking like the Josh Hader look? Did you have like a long mullet? Were you rocking some wrong, long hair? Then you had kids and you got it cut? No. <laughs> no, I, my, the longer I grew my hair, the curlier I got. So just like up in waves and stuff. So. <laughs> well, here's what I want uh, you to do, DW. You and Josh Hader. Uh, next week, sitting down in the tattoo chair in Milwaukee, okay? I want you guys getting matching tattoos over the break, all right? Oh, oh man. I, I don't know about that. I might have to go A-Rod, A-Rod there. <laughs> hey, God, D- God. I, love, I love the theory, DW. <laughs> See you guys. See you, buddy. Actually, here's a question for you. Yeah. Because remember we were talking about um, relationships, and then we had Z and the D in here, and he was talking about how <laughs> – he got a tattoo of an ex-girlfriend to try and get her back. Yeah, they already had broken up. He got a tattoo to win her w- back. Would you would you think that the the public, like the sports fan public, would be more inclined to get a matching tattoo with their favorite sports icon or a significant other? Man. Like like okay, all right, Rowdy, let me ask like you. If like if Aaron Rodgers like, "Hey, let's say Aaron Rodgers called me up." And he goes, hey, do you want to get matching tattoos with me? Or would I get a tattoo just of, like, Jen's name on me? Yeah, like, you and Jen both get each other's names, like, on your arm versus Aaron Rodgers being like, hey, Ebo, how about we both get, insert this image on our arm? Are we sitting together, like, in the tattoo chair, like, at the same time, same appointment? 
Sure, you're okay. together for like however long it lasts, and then you never see each other talk again. But you're like you're the person that's got the the tattoo with Aaron Rodgers. All right, I think my wife is listening, but <laughs> I, I I try to be I try to be honest about everything. I don't lie, Rowdy. I've under the firm belief that if you get a tattoo of your significant other on you, that's the kiss of death for the relationship. Jen, sorry. Aaron Rodgers and I are sitting down and getting matching tattoos together. I'm not a tattoo guy, but <laughs> but I feel like that's an easy choice. You, you go with the sports icon yeah. because it's like, hey, guess what? No one else has this. But me and me and Hater, we have a bond here. <laughs> exactly. And you'd be like national no one gives a crap if you get a matching tattoo of your significant or even other. If, even if they even if they're traded or they go and sign with the Yankees. You'll, you can still say, remember those five years in Milwaukee where he was just amazing? Yep, me and him. Yep. Same tattoo that, right Same here. tattoo. Here's a picture to prove it, too. Now, <laughs> but the, it, the, ex, the ex significant other, uh, whatever, it never works never, out. Never, never. You can have the greatest relationship ever. I feel like if you get the tattoo of the, the, the person you're with, it's the kiss of death for the relationship. Now, I have a follow-up question for the – because I, I, I would get a matching tattoo with Aaron Rodgers. But the thing is, the tattoo he got isn't my cup of tea. Would I have to get that tattoo that Aaron Rodgers? Well, it'd has? be whatever you agreed on. Okay, I wouldn't because I would not agree on the one that he got. Maybe uh, it's like a Super Bowl trophy. I don't know. Ooh, oh, Rowdy, I got it. Aaron Rodgers and I get matching tattoos, and you, I've I've sent this picture many times to you listeners. It comes straight from the Mike McCarthy fan club. Aaron Rodgers and I will get matching tattoos of Mike McCarthy holding up the Vince Lombardi trophy with champions behind it. You know the picture I'm talking about? Yes. And I don't, I think after all of this, you guys would sit down, try and brainstorm what tattoo you guys want to do. And you would bring that up. And I don't think you would any longer have the opportunity to have matching tattoos. (laughs) He'd he'd pull that privilege. Rogers, you and I are getting the magic tattoos of Mike McCarthy holding the Vince Lombardi trophy. Look now, at that! Look at that picture. Now, I would be the judge of these tattoos because I would have to look at your arm and see if it was actually realistic. Because if those eyes aren't going in two opposite directions, that ain't authentic. Hey, I'm not gonna lie, Ralph. We were, we were we were mocking up shirt ideas a couple of years ago. Rowdy freehand drew a picture of Mike McCarthy, and it, it was actually. <laughs> We're in this little lull right now in the NFL. I feel like there's, it's like a big dam. Let's keep building and building and building, and that levy is about to break, but it's not going to break for a while. We welcome in now the man, the myth, the legend himself, Rob Reichel, God's gift to Green Bay Packers coverage. Robbie, what's up, brother? Well, in the levy break, you'll still have a place to stay, Evo. So yeah. Well, I just wanted to break of uh, you know news, NFL news, Packers news, Rob. Nothing's going on right now. Like, what, what are you doing with your time, Robbie, at Forbes.com? I see. I just put an article out a little bit ago about tight ends. Like, what, like, what does Rob Reichel do in this time frame? This is what we call uh, filling space, filling time, Evo. It's, it's <laughs> positional overview time. But again, it's it, it, it's. I, I think it's really interesting stuff, but but totally. it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of the pattern a, a lot of us follow, and and uh, you know I, I started this about a week ago with with my positional overviews. There's you know the way I break it down, Evo. There's ten spots on the team, 
five on offense, the three on defense, special teams, and then we'll do a big story on the coach and kind of evaluate exactly where they are at each position and, um, you know, if, if things look good or bad. I just finished the offense today. Tight ends don't look so good. Doesn't look so hot, Evo. I think as a lot of your listeners know. Um, well, okay, well, Robbie, let me stop you right there because you bring. Yes, I was, was going to get to this question with you. So five on offense, five on defense. You said you just finished up with the offense. I'll uh, give me since you know I love your work at Forbes dot com and Rob Reichel on Twitter for that five that you did. What's the strongest of the five and what's the weakest of the five for the offense? You can probably flip a coin in terms of the weakest right now, Evo, between wide out and tight end. I, I think they both have a, a, a million questions, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna wait and find some answers. Usually, answers develop, Evo. You know, we sat here a few years ago and said, "Boy, they don't have any tight ends." And, and Robert Tunyon caught 11 touchdowns in 2020 and uh, tied the team record uh, that was held by Paul Kaufman and. So, you know, 30 years from now, maybe people are still going to be talking about Kaufman and Tunyon. And <laughs> so, so there are, there are some, some, some surprises that, that emerge uh, year to year as, as we all know. But at this point in time, you know, my, my best guess Evo is probably week one up in Minnesota. You know, they're going to line up with, let's say, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, and maybe Tyler Davis as their first four, um, the three wide receivers and tight end, maybe in the, in that package. Obviously, a lot of guys will play and a lot of guys will get some snaps, but you could legitimately call them your starters. Cobb probably out of the slot, depending what you know what package they they line up in, and and that's not going to put a, a a lot of fear into defensive coordinators uh, around around the league, Ebo. Um, you know, strongest. I mean, it, it'd be hard to say anything other than quarterback at this point in time, Ebo. The guys won. You know, consecutive MVP awards, even though he's he's wet the bed continuously in the playoffs, <laughs> and um, you know, c- 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 continues to put up disappointing performances that that kind of you know li- li- leave the fan base pulling out their hair. Um, I- I'll tell you what, the offensive line is going to be a real surprise strength of of this football team. They took some hits in the off season, Evo. You know, cutting Billy Turner and losing guys like. Dennis Kelly and Lucas Patrick, where their depth was picked at a little bit, but if, but if and, and health is the biggest key there, obviously, Ebo. But you know, Bakhtiari and uh, Elton Jenkins both could make it back, um, and even be eighty or ninety percent of the player that that they were. And I and I think the odds are higher of, of that with Jenkins. Even Bakhtiari to me is the is the biggest question mark probably yeah. on the roster at the at this point in time. Uh, with, with with taking three more offensive linemen in the draft, like they did. It, it, it's going to be a deep, and it's going to be an athletic, and it's going to be a really good offensive line. Probably, by, probably by the midway point of the season. Um, you know, running backs is the other position group we've well, that I've covered at this point in time, and, and you you know well about that, Evo. I mean, oh, that yeah. that combination of Jones and Dylan is, it you know, other than what Cleveland's trotting out there every single week with with Chubb and Hunt, um, I, I would argue Green Bay's probably got the second best pair in football. So. Um, we'll get to the defense starting tomorrow. Uh, the offense right now, and you know, at certain spots looks really good, Ebo. And if, if a few pass catchers emerge, it's got a chance to stay up there in the, in the top ten or twelve in the, in, in the league, at, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, Robbie, I was reading some interesting articles too. I mean, not as good as yours, but what they were talking about Sammy Watkins. <laughs> And Sammy Watkins, like, like they were opining that maybe, like, we're not sure if he's going to make the team, blah, 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 blah. Like, we'll see what happens to Sammy Watkins. In what universe does Sammy Watkins not make the Green Bay Packers? 
Well, they're deep there. I mean, uh, and, and not not deep with great people, Evo, but but you know they they they, they do have a lot of bodies, you know. And, and Watkins is pushing thirty. His money isn't guaranteed. I, you know, yeah, I, I I certainly think it's a ninety percent chance that that he's going to be on, on this roster. But we all thought that a couple of years ago too with Funches. Uh, you know, the the kid who came from Carolina and Indianapolis, the, the old Michigan player, and and he sat out the 2020 season uh, with, with COVID, and then he didn't make the team last year. I, I mean, Evo, as I, as I look at the unit, I mean, Lazard's going to make the team clearly. Watson's going to make the team as, as a second-round pick. Cobb's going to make the team because he's, he's Rogers' best friend. They're not going to cut Amari Rogers in year two, so that's already four. You know, now you get to those those couple other rookies that that they drafted, uh, Dubs and and Toure. Let's say Dubs makes it, Toure maybe goes to practice squad. So now we're sitting at five, Evo that that are on the roster. They they almost never keep seven, so it leaves you one spot left then between Sammy Watkins, Jawan Winfrey, Malik Taylor. Um, obviously, my money would go on Sammy Watkins. But I've seen crazier things happen over there. Let, sure. Let's say Winfrey's a guy this this summer who clearly emerges, um, and he had some chances last year. He, he, he's not a bad player, Evo, um, and and he gets more chances this summer, and he, and he takes full advantage of them. And Sammy Watkins, who's pushing thirty, Evo at, at, at this point in time, shows Green Bay he doesn't have a whole lot left. They might move on from him. It, 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 again, it, it wouldn't shock me. I don't think the guy's a lock by any means to make the roster. He talked himself how he. Had, let himself get a little bit out of shape when, when last season ended, and that was one of the keys. He had to work himself back into shape here, heading into OTAs and mini camps and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, Evo, he's coming off a year, Watkins, that is, where he had career lows in every single category. And you can blame injuries, and you can blame Lamar Jackson and, and this, that, and the other thing. But the bottom line is those are his numbers, and he has to own them. They're they're. They're the numbers that are now attached to his name for the rest of the time. And, and if he can't find a way this summer to prove to Green Bay, you know, that, that, that he's got a little bit left in the tank, again, crazier things have happened in, in Green Bay. I, I fully remember the summer of 86 when, when they cut Lynn Dickey and Paul Kaufman and, um, <laughs> and, and the state went absolutely bongos. And, and we've, we've seen as recently as a Josh Sitton getting cut, um, you know, in training camp. The weird things do happen through the course of the summer. And, um, you know, again, Sammy Watkins, probably 90% chance he's on this roster, Evo, but but he's he, I would not put him in the category at this point of a lock. I know Rowdy's got a question, but real quick, I will say Randall Cobb is Aaron Rodgers' guy. Well, Sammy Watkins, big believer in aliens and also interdimensional stuff like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. They got, they got that connection. <laughs> yes, Rowdy. But one of the guys you didn't mention was Malik Taylor in depth. And I feel like yeah. at this point, he's kind of like the odd man out. Out of all those names that you mentioned there, he's not really young anymore. He's been around now for, what, two, three seasons, and he hasn't really gotten past receiver six on the depth chart. I feel like it's it's kind of almost like the time where it's crap or get off the pot with Malik Taylor. I mean, he's been around for a while. You got a lot of other young guys with some potential and talent. I feel like his days are numbered for sure. I agree with you. Probably Nelly. I mean, his greatest contributions to this point have been been special teams. I I don't have it in front of me, but I, I think well, he only caught two, I think he only, I think he only caught two balls a year ago. He is twenty six. I think he turns twenty seven somewhere here when the when the season gets rolling. Um, when exactly I, I can't quite remember, but I remember looking at that when I was comparing him 
you know, to the to the guys that we just talked about, the the Winfrey's, you know, the, the the rookies, the Sammy Watkins of the world. Um, yes, I, I I do think it's 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 his time is his time is kind of past. Um, you know, I, I wrote about that today, kind of in a similar fashion, Nelly, with uh, you know with uh, Dominique Daphne at tight end. He he was given his chance last year to be the three, couldn't stay on the field, couldn't stay healthy. They, they've gone in a couple different directions. You know, in terms of getting Deguara back for, from injury, signing Tyler Davis uh, off the Colts practice squad, who has impressed them a little bit. They'll get Tunyon back. You know, some of these guys get a very short window um, in in this league. They, they they only get the one chance to to prove it and to, and to shine. You know, Malik Taylor's had a couple of seasons to kind of do that. Nelly uh, Daphne had a chance last year as as one of these guys that you know are fringe players, just holding on to one of the bottom ten or twelve spots on the roster and. And a lot of times, Nelly, if you don't take full advantage of that, you know, you are gone the following summer because you got eight, nine draft picks to fit in. There's usually a couple of free agents and, and somebody else that the general manager has fallen in love with. They, they turn the bottom third of that roster over every single year. And, and, I, and I would guess you're absolutely right, Nelly. Malik Taylor's one of the guys probably getting turned over this year. Hey, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com. Follow him on Conley Media as well. Don't forget that. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. So, uh, Robbie, coming up is, uh, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but you got the, uh, the defense coming up here. What's, um, there's a lot of talk in this being like a top five, maybe a top, you know, it could be the best defense in the NFL. Do you buy into that? Do you buy into this, that the potential, I mean, obviously the potential is there, but do you buy into it or are you more of the, I need to see it before I can actually like, you know, give it the Rob Reichel seal of approval? Well, you obviously have to see it to, to do that. But in, in, on paper, in theory, it, it looks like a top five. Jumping to number one, one's a hard thing to do. Evo from, you know, although they were they were just inside the top ten and the majority of kind of key statistical categories a year ago. So the jump isn't isn't all that dramatic. And, and they've been there even even two years ago uh, with, with Mike Pettin. They were they were right on the cusp there of a, of a top ten defense and, and kept that going with, with Joe Barry. Uh, last year as, as the coordinator, you know, Evo, it, it's funny. I, I remember when Dom Capers showed up in, in Oh nine, I, I said to him, I, I said, for, for your defense to be elite, where do you need? I said, if you, if you could tell Ted, give me a pro bowl player at two or three spots. And then you even have mediocre guys at the other eight or nine, you would be absolutely fine. And he said, get me a nose get me an outside linebacker and get me a corner. Hmm. He goes that, that are all at a high level, you know, top five, top 10 at their position in the league. He said, and I can fill in the blanks and we'll be absolutely just fine. And you remember back to that, to that, to that era, they already had Charles Woodson, who was, a, who was an elite corner. And then in the first draft ever with, with, with uh, uh, Capers as the defensive coordinator and Ted Thompson as the general manager, they took B.J. Raji with the first uh, pick that, that they had in that particular draft, their first first-rounder, and then they traded back into the first round. I think it was pick 26 for Clay Matthews. And so all of a sudden, Capers had his, his stud outside linebacker in Clay. He had his stud nose in, in B.J., and he had his stud corner in Woodson. Now, he had really good players other than that, too, if you guys remember. You know, Nick Collins at safety yeah. and Tremont at the other corner and um, – you know, Desmond Bishop had a terrific year, and and AJ Hawk was a solid inside linebacker um, at that point. Now Howard Green emerged on that defensive line, and 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 was a godsend to that defense that won the Super Bowl. But my point is, 
Ted listened to Dom Capers and he said, we're, we're going to get you what you need. And, and, you know, they're still playing that exact same three, four base guys. And, and, and you look at them today, they, they've got one of the top three or five noses in football in Kenny Clark. To me, they have a guy who's going to be in contention for defensive player of the year at outside linebacker in Rashawn Gary. I think this is the year where Gary makes a monumental jump and he takes 10 sacks to about 16 or 18 guys. And I, I think when we get to the middle part of December and, and we're talking about three guys in the running for defensive player of the year, Rashawn Gary's going to be one of them. And then they've got obviously one of the best corners in football too in Jair Alexander. So when, when, when you go piece by piece, even go back to that Dom Capers philosophy from 13 years ago, guys, <laughs> they have those pieces in yeah. place. They have the stud nose. They have the stud outside linebacker. They have the stud corner. And much like that 2010 Packer defense, mm. that really was the key to winning that Super Bowl. They get overlooked in, um, a, a, a lot, and, and, but they were the key as much as anything in that playoff run. And people remember Aaron lighting up the Falcons and Aaron lighting up um, the Steelers, but, but they probably don't get by the Eagles and they probably don't get by uh, the Bears if the defense wasn't as good as it was, guys, in, in 2010. And, and now I look at the rest of this defense, guys, and, and there are pieces all over the field as well that are comparable to that 2010 unit, right? They've, they've got a terrific group of mm-hmm. terrific pair of safeties in Amos and Savage, right? Stokes is the other corner, and, and they're deep there, obviously, with, with, with Rasul Douglas. Another nice outside linebacker in Preston. Their inside linebacker pair, guys, is, is their best that they've had since that Super Bowl team if Quay Walker can play right right away. That's, that, that, that'll, that'll be one of the questions we need to see uh, get answered through the summer. You know, how, how, how soon, how quickly can Quay Walker, you know, the, the first of the Green Bay's two first-round draft picks this year, how soon can, can he make an impact on the field? They're deep up front, Ebo, for the first time in forever with, with, with Lowry and, and Jerron Reed, the free agent they signed, and the, and the first-round pick, Devontae Wyatt, and T.J. Slayton, who looks to be in, in better shape and a, and a guy ready to make a little bit of a jump in, in his second year. So, you know, you go back to the blueprint, Ebo, they've got, they've got the stud at every, all three levels, and they've got really good players around them. This should be a top five defense. That should be the expectation. And if Joe Barry poo-poos that, I, I, I think he's, he's wrong. He's making a mistake because he's got high-level talent here, and they should set the bar high from the start because with the questions they have on offense, at least the first six to eight weeks, Ebo, they're going to have to win some games on the strength of their defense. When you go back and think about it, Rob, it's actually pretty crazy how Dom Capers has transcended time, not only with his defensive uh, philosophy with a great player at every level, but also that jet black hair dye. That just for for men hair dye, Robbie. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I I don't know if Dom did that himself or the missus helped out or... Or he actually went to a local cost cutters or something like oh, that. Oh, that was guys. that was straight from Walmart. The the the, the aisle where they have the just for men jet black. Rowdy yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that I think that was a Dom special. No I'll start going it. gray before Dom Capers does. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a, the head of hair on him. Incredible, Rob. Always good stuff. Uh, Forbes.com, uh, Conley Media, as well as uh, your Twitter account. But Robbie, before I let you go, I have to ask you a burning question: Is Josh Hader? Human, after all, Robbie. What's going on with Hater? Can you figure it out for me? Doesn't he hit one of these about once a year, guys? Where he's got about a ten or a fourteen day stretch where he gives up a couple bombs and 
and the, and the world starts freaking out. And <laughs> it, isn't it usually right around the All Star break? And, the, and then he gets a well, little just bit had of a, a kid rest too. And, I wasn't I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna blame it on having a kid, but the timeline kind of adds up where like you have a kid, and then yep. all of a sudden the adrenaline of it wears off, and the tiredness starts catching up to you. I'm glad he's taken out for the All Star break. But Robbie, I mean, when you had your first kid and then your second kid, did uh, the, the articles that the the, the the beautiful mind of yours dip a little bit two weeks after? <laughs> After having Ken. <laughs> Man, my memory's not good enough to go back that far. We'd probably have to pull pull my readers that, that, that would probably vote that they were never that good to start with. Either, the, re- so. the research department is research department is getting back here. They're looking at the feedback on Rob Reichel uh, articles from back when he had kids, and it looks like there was about a two-week dip in yep. production here. And, and, and that would not be a shock. I, I can empathize with Mr. Hader. who was probably on about three hours of sleep in his last five days. So. Hey, You're absolutely right, Evo. It's a good time for him to get some rest. But you, you, got, you guys marked that one down from today. Rashawn Gary, he's going to be in the top three for Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, trust me. Every time Rashawn Gary makes a play, Rowdy hears about it on Twitter. So. Yeah, and if that does come to fruition, Rob, I'm going to have to check my ego at the door when we come back after the season. Rob, we love you. You may, you may already have to check it. I, I think it's time for you to admit that was a hell of a draft pick. Rowdy? I need to see more, Rob. <laughs> I, need to see, right. I, need to see, I need to see that 15-sack season. I think Rob's at 16, if I remember correctly. Robbie. We love you, buddy. Have All a right, guys. You, love buddy. you back. We'll see you soon. Uh, Forbes.com. July 19th, the All-Star Game. Los Angeles. Brewers right now are only sending, well, Corbin Burns and Josh Hader. Two. But Hader's like, you know what? Spend time with my kid, my wife. I'm going to stay back. And I think the Brewers were 100% on board with that. Yes. I think the Brewers were even probably like kind of nudging them, saying, hey, you just had a kid. Why don't you go spend time with them? <laughs> We think it would be best if you didn't throw and, and took four days off. Yeah, Corbin oh, Burns, though, going to be. Do you have any problem with Corbin Burns throwing? No problem whatsoever. And I know, I think it was Ben and Grant talked about how the Brewers kind of pushed back Corbin Burns' start so that he did have the opportunity to start the All-Star game. Yeah, I have no issue with that. I mean, Corbin Burns has been money pretty much all season for the Milwaukee Brewers. You look at his numbers and... He's a guy that's actually pitching tonight against the San Francisco Giants. But yeah, you look at his numbers this year and you can't argue with anything that Burns has done. He's seven and four with an ERA of uh, 220. I mean, he technically has had a better first half this season than he did last season. And he won the Cy Young last year. Yeah. So I have no problems with it and no problems with Josh Hader staying back too. I think he needs it. RJ, any any concerns about Corbin Burns pitching or is it like, hey man, let the, the guy have some fun. I'm okay with it. Like, Think about it. If you push his start, I feel yeah. like a lot of the people that loved every single move that Craig Council has made mm-hmm. with the pitching staff where we would some people would consider them babying him, yeah. you would say that most of those people would probably be all right with him pitching in the All-Star game for this reason. They pushed him back a couple days so that he didn't make two starts this week, but mm-hmm. just the one. Yep. And then on top of that, when he pitches next week, it'll only be one inning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be anything. And and this is a guy that normally when you talk about pitchers and routines, if they're not going to throw where they have like a break like this, they're still going to do a bullpen work. They're still going to throw like a simulated game. Mm -hmm. They're just not going to sit idly by and do absolutely nothing because it's, that's just not part of the routine, but But. pushing that uh, start back to where he's not going to be able to make two starts this week. 
I feel like, and then starting next week, you only throw one inning. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be anything wrong for Corbin Burns of the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, it gives the people that back uh, Craig Council, who protects his pitchers, a little bit more ammunition saying, hey, look, he's actually uh, saving them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Corbin Burns was on MLB Network, um, what about a day, day and a half ago, talking about All-Star Game 1 and Couple comments, yeah, Rowdy. Yeah, no, I was just also saying I wouldn't count out Devin Williams not being invited if someone else has to step totally. away between now and the All Star game. Yeah, Council yeah. was talking about it after uh, the first game against the Twins about how Devin Williams definitely and absolutely needs to be in the All Star game. Hell, Devin Williams yesterday was electric, dude. He was just wow. All right, here's Corbin Burns uh, with MLB Network quick. I'm just wondering, you know, Harold threw out an idea that because the All-Star Game's in L.A., we should have Otani against Clayton Kershaw, even though (laughs) someone like you or Sandy Alcantara maybe deserves that starting nod. Where do you stand on the importance of that that, uh, achievement starting an All-Star Game? How important is that to a pitcher? Yeah, first, you know, first thanks for having me on, but... um... Yeah, I mean, as you know, Kershaw being an LA guy and um, you know been in the All Star game, but you know a ton of times it would it would definitely be awesome for for the city and the game of baseball. Um, you know, I'm also a California guy. A lot of a lot of people don't know that, um, so I'll, I'll have a lot, lot of family there. And, Shots fired. And uh, you know, it, enjoy with my family and have a ton of people there. But um, yeah, you know, just just honored to be to be elected to the All Star game again. I'm gonna pause it right there for a second. Yeah, why does Corbin Burns get slighted about all this? He is a California guy. Always, oh, Kershaw, Kershaw versus Otani. Corbin Burns is the reigning Cy Young winner. Now, I can't 100% say this for a fact, but when I was tuning into MLB Network over the weekend slash last week, the first person I heard come up with this idea was Jake Peavy, former San Diego Padre, former White Sox, yada, yada, yada. He was the guy that set, that came up with the idea that I heard first was they should have Clayton Kershaw pitch and start for the NL and Shohei Otani start and pitch for the AL. And just because it's in California, obviously Kershaw is the best pitcher of this generation versus Shohei Otani, who, who is the, the best hitter and pitcher combo, and it's the city of L.A., and you're trying to, uh, you know, grab more fans and attention and – I don't know. I, I get it. I get where Jake Peavy was coming from with that idea and the fact that maybe that would be good for the eyes of baseball and for the average casual fan. But there's also a part of me that thinks that Major League Baseball bends the knee way too much to the casual fan that doesn't really care much about Major League Baseball, yeah. well, the, if that makes sense. Well, I, yeah. I also I, I agree, but I also get it because they're trying to get more people you say the majority of people are casual fans of Major League Baseball, so they're trying to get more eyes on it. I mean, your hardcore fans are always going to be there, but they're trying to get more eyes and more casual. So, like, what's the name you know? If you were to, get, like, pull, and not just in Wisconsin, but nationally, who do you know? Clayton Kershaw or Corbin Burns? Nobody, because they don't... Uh, Shohei Otani They, they don't or promote Corbin themselves Burns. enough. I think It's not the league's job to do that. Like, Otani or Kershaw would win a landslide, <laughs> even though Burns would be a more well, deserving candidate. Well, I get, I get it, but at yeah. the same time, it is a slap in the face to you know. The Otani Dinos. is the one that's taken the the league by storm over the last like two seasons, mm-hmm. right? Now Kershaw has been around for like fifteen years. Yeah. Now that he's had staying power, but I mean, I, I honestly don't think Corbin Burns deserves to start the All Star game, but I don't think Clayton Kershaw deserves to start the All Star game either. Mm-mm. I I just who should me personally, I th- I think Nobody. when you look at it. 
pitching. There's a there's a couple different guys, but I would probably give the nod to Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, that's the name that, that they just brought up MLB Network. Uh, I see the phone line's blowing up. One second. Let me, uh, one more comment. And from same from thing with Burns. the AL. Uh, obviously, Shohei Otani has been really good, especially since like May. But I feel like McClanahan for uh, the Tampa Bay Rays probably deserves the start. Right, here's a little bit more from uh, Corbin Burns. Corbin, congratulations on being named to the All-Star team. Quick question here. As we look at the new playoff format, and when you look at the fact that you have 12 teams now, how important is it to win the division? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always important to, to, you know, to win the division and get that home field advantage. But uh, you know, even more so this year to, to possibly get that by um, into the next round so you don't have to play that wild card round. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see here, um, this year to see kind of that format and see how it goes. But, um, you know, it's, it's more, more teams in postseason baseball, you know, more exciting for the fans and, and uh, you know, a lot more postseason baseball, that's for sure. All right, so I'm going to pause right there. Uh, yeah, how important is it for you to win? Essentially, um, it's uh, actually it's, pretty important. It's well, important. Uh, the other like, thing uh, I wanted to touch on games. Yes. <laughs> that you brought up and you said, who is more recognizable between Corbin Burns, Shoei Otani or, or Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, I would argue. Do you how much bigger do you think Corbin names would be would be as a name if he pitched for the Yankees Huge. or the Red Sox and he's a Cy Young winner? or the Dodgers? Or some of these bigger market teams. And he's a Cy Young and he's, winner? Well, clearly, but, but, he is who he is, but he's a Cy Young just, winner. Just in a different jersey? Just in a different jersey. And say, instead of making, you know, $3 million this year, $5 million, whatever it's at, he's making like thirty-five. All right, very intriguing comments from Corbin Burns on the MLB Network. I'm going to replay them, and then we're going to react to Rowdy's question. I, I posed the question, then Rowdy posed the question. CRJ, very thought-provoking conversations here. Always. Whenever this, uh, the mics open up and over the line. Here is uh, Corbin Burns on Major League uh, Baseball's network. I'm just wondering, you know, Harold threw out an idea that because the All-Star Game's in L.A., we should have Otani against Clayton Kershaw, even though <laughs> someone like you or Sandy Alcantara maybe deserves that starting nod. Where do you stand on the importance of that, of that uh, achievement starting an All-Star Game? How important is that to a pitcher? Yeah, first, you know, first thanks for having me on. But, um, yeah, I mean, as, you know, Kershaw being an L.A. guy and, um, you know, been in the All-Star game, but, you know, a ton of times it would, it would definitely be awesome for, for the city and the game of baseball. Um, you know, I'm also a California guy. A lot of, <laughs> lot, lot of people don't know that. Um, so I'll, I'll have a lot, lot of family there and, and uh, you know, it, enjoy with my family and have a ton of people there. But, um, yeah, you know, just, just honored to be, to be elected to the All-Star game again. All right, I'm going to pause it right there. And uh, that's the comment I wanted to hear. Corbin Burns seemed a little slighted. Yeah. When they said the reigning NL Cy Young winner, he's also a California guy. I don't think the Major League Baseball Network knew that. No, he seemed like a little like okay, like all right, I'm a California yeah. guy too. I'm from Bakersfield. It's like the All Star Games in LA, I'm my in fact my season right now is better than last year when I won the Cy Young. I'm actually from California. So, Rowdy, and then you and I said, well, we were talking about the casual fan because you said, well, you know, MLB catering to the casual fan. And then I would proclaim like Shohei Otani, Clayton Kershaw, and Corbin Burns. If you were to ask, you know, pull a hundred people around the nation, a majority of people would say, "Oh, I know Otani, I know Kershaw. Who's Burns? Who's this guy who won the Cy And then last you year? brought up the question, Rowdy, is was what again? Well, yeah, basically, how much more popular do you think Corbin Burns would be if he wore a Yankees jersey or a Red Sox jersey or a Dodgers jersey? Because clearly, he'd be a lot soon. more popular <laughs> than what he is, and just. 
remember in 2020 when he was like an out or two away from being on the Cy Young ballot? He just didn't quite come up with enough innings. Yeah, wasn't he like a half inning short or something like that? And was it Craig? He, he no one really talked about him. But in in 2018, that was when we had high hopes for Corbin Burns. He was pulled up in season. He was kind of a spot starter and then worked out of the bullpen and pitched uh, pitched pretty well for the Milwaukee Brewers even in that 2018 playoffs coming yeah. out of the pen. Then 2019 was the year where they threw him out there, said, "Hey, first year starting, we're going to go with three rookies that have never been in the starting rotation with him." Woodruff and Peralta and it kind of backfired on him as Woody was the only guy out of that group that had a solid season. Yeah. And then 2020 comes back like, like we were just talking about inning or, or uh, out or two short of qualifying for the Cy Young where he would have placed in the top five and then carried that over into 2021. Cause that was one of the big questions when we were going into the season of 2021 was can Corbin Burns be as good as he was in 2020 over a, a six month span, an entire season. Correct. And he not only did he do it, but he was better than what he was in 2020 wins the Cy Young. And then it seemed like people started buzzing about Corbin Burns like this offseason, this beginning of the year, where the MLB networks of the world actually started talking about him as one of the uh, you know better young pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. Like It had to take him putting together a, a solid year and then we'll say two months of a season before they even started chatting about him, probably because he was in Milwaukee. If he was like some young stud that was in a huge market, you know that he would have been blown out of proportion from the first day he stepped on the mound. And also, I mean, he's a benefit. He would be a benefactor of big media markets. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you're in New York or LA, that's one and two. If you're in Chicago, like the King says, if he was in a Cubs Jersey, he'd be more popular. Prove me wrong. Well, you're just a benefactor of the giant media market. Yeah. And then yes. Well, and, and more money that people boast you up and say, look at this guy. Look, look how good he is. So no doubt he would be, would he be a household name? If he was on like the Dodgers or the Yankees or let's say the Chicago Cubs, and he, and you, everything think, was the same. I think same a lot, accolades, a lot more of the the casual public fan would know who he was if he was clearly. Yeah, and now that he's uh, Milwaukee, like okay, Garrett Cole, what did he come up with, Rowdy? The Pittsburgh Pirates, correct? Was Garrett Cole a household name until he became a New York Yankee? See, the only reason why I would say he was a little bit bigger of a name coming up than. Corbin Burns was because he was drafted. Oh, was he? I don't know if he was one overall, but he was up there in the draft coming out of UCLA. So he he was like athlete. a he was a star in the in the world, college World Series. Like he was Garrett Cole, UCLA. He's their ace. Now he had a little bit of backing because of that. Yeah, and he jumped into the prospect list as being one of the top prospects after being drafted. Where Corbin Burns wasn't necessarily up there sitting there as a, a top prospect in baseball. Well, hell, and Corbin Burns was sent down to double A before he had his Like Corbin rise. Burns was good. I mean, he won minor league player of the year as the pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think it was 2017. So, so don't get me wrong. It's not like he was some bum that all, be, all yeah. of a sudden became good, but he didn't have the national notoriety that like the Garrett Coles of the world did even coming up. But to your point, he still wasn't, nearly as big until he started pitching extremely well for the pirates. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Yankees are like, hey, we're going to, hey, and then they hey, threw here's a some, here's ton money. Here's of money, money at huh? Garrett Cole. Have a, have a come to New York. Here's a lot of money. And then the reports came out about the sticky substances yeah. that he was using. Oh yeah. 
And he's been good, but he hasn't Not been as good since the sticky that substance sticky stuff. substance stuff. That's another thing that bugs me with baseball and how they market it, like on the big platforms like the FS1s or the Big Fox or the ESPN. A lot of times, like, I want to know how many times in the last two years that big the Big Fox has carried games and then carried games that weren't Boston versus New York. Oh, it gets nauseating. Oh, yeah. Every single time Boston like, and New York play, oh. I swear to God, they put it on the Big it's Fox. Like some big supercut. The the biggest rivalry in sports, Red Sox, Yankees. You're like, oh, I don't I, care. God. I think, you know how we're talking about like Major League Baseball and marketing and how it used to be marketed as like the, the teams, yeah. like the Yankees. Have 27 championships yeah. and all, all this other stuff. It used to be teams, kind of like how the NFL has done teams. You got the Steelers, you got the Packers, and now the Patriots the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. But then when we talk about the NBA, they were they were a league that used to be the Lakers and the Celtics yeah, until they started getting like the Birds and the Magic and the Jordans of the world. Then they kind of went more big, like turned yeah. towards superstars. We see that the NFL has kind of turned a little bit towards superstars. Totally. Not that they still don't, obviously. Yeah, well they still, got the, the, they still yeah. have the history with the teams. But I think it's time for Major League Baseball to get away with the complete history of these teams. Because how many people that are the casual fan that's you know 15 years old remembers the 1927 Yankees? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like... <laughs> like that's almost a hundred years ago yeah, at this point. It's, it's, like they yeah. need to start looking at some of their stars, like for for some of the people, like Mike Trout's got to be bigger, or yes. Bryce Harper's got to be bigger, or Fernando Tatis Jr. has to be bigger. Like they need to start making their stars bigger. But yet, at the they same don't. time, you have Rob Manfred who's saying they need to promote themselves, which is so dumb. Which I've never once heard the NBA say LeBron's got to promote himself more. Yeah. Now, line two. Good morning. Who's this? No, nah, Nate. He's he, he's sick because he got a red ass coming down from Canada. You know, Nate. <laughs> of course, he only comes to the shot all. I mean, up there with Doug and G Dubs and King. You know, their national team sport is inbreeding. So I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not shocked. He's a little sick before. If it isn't Dave from Monona, what's up, Dave? Shots, shots fired early at seven thirty six a.m. Well, I hear there's a golf party, and I hear RJ wussed out. I hear Zach wussed out. I mean, here I'm here. I'm, I'm going to make an appearance. And I never RJ, committed, you know, so yeah. couldn't wuss out if it's something I didn't say I was going to do. That's well, so I, you're part of the zone team, so I mean, uh, <laughs> his own listeners. So you wussed out. Yeah. I'm, I'm. No, you, you know, I hate the the listeners. I never show up for things. Yeah, you said that. You've made that case many yeah. times, Dave. So it's on par for RJ's course. <laughs> <laughs> Big pie hole. Oh, come on down. <laughs> hey, uh, hey uh, Nate, come on down. I mean, I got protection. I got Tonto and Toto. You know, I got Tonto, G Dubs, and everything. You're bringing the Toto, the dog? Or are you gonna, oh, you are the no, wizard. You are, you are, you are the wizard, Dave. AKA, don't look what's behind the curtain. Don't look behind Oz's curtain. Toto, you know, Zach and the Dells, where I, Oh yeah, Z and the D is his, Toto. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hold his uh, hold his step stool so he can get into the cards. <laughs> hey Dave, what do you, you think? What? Uh, what do you think of this baseball chatter here? Uh, would would uh, Corbin Burns be? A, I mean, you're a Chicago Cubs fan. If Corbin Burns was a a Cub, would he be a huge national household name? I don't know because the Cubs have stunk the last four years. And oh yeah, by the way, uh, Nate. The reason the Brewers aren't you know, aren't on top of the bill because you got to win something first, boy. 
You know, if you want something, maybe uh, you, you get top bill on Fox Sports. And what the hell are you doing with Fox, Fox Sports on the zone updates? What? Yeah, what you doing with that one? Listen to Fox Sports updates. Oh, instead of listening to the, well, he's uh, in Shano, so whatever they play up there, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's that inbreed, I tell you. I'm just, I'm just telling you, Shano. <laughs> hey, we love Shano. I was just there a couple weeks ago. It was beautiful. There's a lot of strange stuff that goes on in Shano. Dave, there's a lot of strange stuff that goes on in Monona, where you live. I'm telling you that. But, uh, I, I want these guys to come to the golf outing. Yeah, Mitch so do I. Bob. You know, well, you just alienated all of Shano. I don't know if they're going <laughs> <laughs> to. That's how Dave shows in. his love. Yeah, that is that they is nothing but love from Dave. You're correct. They got, they got to come and golf, you know, Mitch and Bob and, uh, oh, yeah. and Brenda and, and Chad, the lawyer, who, who calls up and tries to, be, tries to be smarter than everybody else. Come on down and golf, and I'll sit your ass down real quick. <laughs> Dave, never change. We love you. Hey, hey, hey finally, we even got Ben golfing. How did you get Ben that little prima donna from Philadelphia to golf? I mean, his idea of the Masters is uh, has got to be the windmills and clown faces at <laughs> Never change, Dave. We love you, buddy. Oh, there he is. His idea of the Masters is windmills a... and faces. <laughs> Line three. Good luck following that up. Good morning. Who's this? If Dave could only come out and see us putt. Oh, it's Nathan. What did he call you? The red ass? Yeah, hey, Nathan. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the guy's ever really actually seen me. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't know what to say about that guy. I mean, he, he wants to talk about my golfing and whether I've come out there or not, but I mean, he's never actually came and watched and seen me play, has he? Uh, unless he has, I mean, his other senses are heightened, so maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously his sense of big mouth is heightened. So, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> Nathan. Blinded by the light, man. It's funny because that's what I have playing right now. <laughs> See you, buddy. There he is. Oh, that's why I didn't have the fader on. I'm like, why is it not playing? <laughs> What's going on here? Like, why is this not playing? Hey. The fader wasn't on. Uh, never changed, Dave. Man, what a what a phone call by the wizard. Yeah. Who's this? He hasn't had a good one in a while. Hello. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Yeah, this is G Dub. Hey, G <laughs> hey, Dub. I, I don't, I don't know what Dave's problem. Like, I offer, I offer to drive him around. My wife's gonna drive him around. Are you did? And he, uh, then he calls with an insult. Well, that's just. Okay. That's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a term of endearment. You know how, like, when you meet somebody, <laughs> you shake their, you. yeah, you shake their hand. That's like Dave shaking your hand. Yeah, that's just Dave well, saying he loves you. I don't know. Not where I'm from. Where I'm from, <laughs> people that talk like that. I'm gonna bring some some chain and some cinder blocks, and I think there's a big lake. Well, yeah, I like Shano. You're from Shano. Yeah, and he's blind, so he might accidentally lose him <laughs> somewhere um, along the way. What is it? Is it what's right by? Is it Loon Lake right by Shano Lake? Uh, yeah, there's Lulu Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you put him in there? We don't want we don't want to put Dave in Sh- yeah. Lake Shano. We put well, him in I, was there, gonna, right? I was thinking Lake Monona. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dave uh, from Monona will drop him in Lake Monona. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm questioning this uh, golf trip now. I don't know. <laughs> That's, that's his terms of endearment from Dave. That means he loves you, okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, Dave not really winning over the people that said he'd help him out here.